Folks, what a happy day it is here today. Aren't we joyous? Everybody's smiling big. We've got Pastor Regina with us. How about a little hand clap for Pastor Regina here? Uh, praise the Lord. Prayers are answered. Uh, it, it is a happy day because it, we're, we're here for the Thanksgiving season, and we have so much to be thankful for here at Shades of Grace, and we're thankful for each of you to come out and thankful that Pastor Regina, Brother Will, Terry, Jimmy, our staff can be with us. We're just thankful for everything. And we're, we're studying, as you know, uh, the Gospel of John chapter 8, and we're going to start, start off with our thankfulness for forgiveness today. We're thankful that yesterday can be forgiven, and we're thankful that tomorrow we know where we're going. I am a poor wayfaring stranger Traveling through this world of woe There is no sickness, no toll or danger that bright land to which I go. I'm going there to see my mother. She said she'd meet me when I come. I'm just a going over Jordan. Just a going over home. I know my way rough and rocky I know my way is high and deep but heaven's gates lie just before me in my Savior's arms I'll sleep I'm going there to see my father he said he'd meet me when I come just a go Jordan. I'm just a going over home. I'll soon be free from every trial. This form will rest beneath the sod. I'll drop the cross of self-denial. Enter in my home with God. I'm going there to see my Jesus. He said he'd meet me when I come. I'm just a going over Jordan. Just a going over home. We're going over home. Do we have uh, prayer requests as we open here today? Yes, Brenda. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Ashley. Yeah. Others? Yes. Well, that's that's important. Yes. Wonder. Yeah. It's a tough time. We understand. 
others. Yes, absolutely. Yes, Brother Will. Anita, Johnny, Anthony, and Marty. Yes. Are there others? Yes. Mark. Marva. Marva. Yes. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any any others? Glenn, let's, let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so happy that we get to be in your house on this special day and at this special time. We're thankful for each one that you've sent here. We're thankful for the Gospel of John. We get to study your word. Heavenly Father, you've heard these prayer requests and you know who they are and what they need. You are the great physician, the great healer, the great one, the one to which we t turn to our trust and our love. And we know that you can deal with these situations in the way that you wish to deal with them and the way that we need to understand that you are in charge. And we put our petitions to you and pray that you would respond. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for shades of grace for everyone who crosses through these doors, that they would be uplifted and that they would feel your presence when they come here to shades of grace and that all could be received and all can be loved all can come as equals in your sight and in your love we pray these things in jesus name amen <clears throat> so in chapter 8 the gospel of john jesus goes to the mount of olives now the mount of olives is kind of a ridge that's on the side of uh, the east side of uh, jerusalem and it, in, in the Jesus' time, it was literally a Mount of Olives. There were olive trees there, and in, it's, the Mount is still there, and it's a graveyard for the Jews. And it's said that 150,000 Jews are buried at the Mount of Olives. But Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. Every word of this scripture we're studying today, every word is important, and we're going to dwell on several of these words. So it's morning. They're in the temple. They sat down. That tells us they're not in a hurry. He taught them. Jesus is teaching. And in verse 3, the troublemakers are there, the little foxes. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, the, the, the scribes and Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus, aren't they? We can, we can see it coming. They're going to present a dilemma. They're going to try to trick him into some kind of... Uh, either an earthly trick, a governmental trick, a Roman law trick, uh, a Moses law trick, uh, a Jew trick. They're, they're, they're going to try to trick him. Imagine that the scribes and Pharisees are, are already at fault, perhaps, 
what, what business do they have laying hands on this woman, much less bringing her in? And, and why is it they're bringing a woman? Why, what happened to the man if there was two involved in a sin? Why, why are they picking on this woman? They're picking on her. And, and, uh, it, it, uh, and, and confronting her in this way publicly uh, it's it's uh, it's a trick. It's poor uh, judgment uh, and, and and poor behavior. Um, the and they're saying she's caught in the very act. You wonder if that's even true. That how, how would you know? How would you and and in Jewish law you're supposed to have two witnesses to anything that you're making an accusation of. I mean. You'd almost think there'd had to be some kind of setup, like they they tricked this woman in some way. She's she's not being fairly treated. She's probably been tricked. Um, and in verse five, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. So it's a trick. Jesus stooped down. And, and isn't it interesting how he's stooping down? Every word counts here. He's not raising up. He's not looking them in the eye. He's not confronting them eye to eye. He is in a bowed position. He stoops down. And with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So... He's, if he was confronting them, looking them in the eye and facing them off, he would be responding directly to them. This is an indirect response. And the writing on the ground, who knows what he wrote on the ground. But, but for one thing, it tells us that Jesus was literate. He, he wrote, so he, he could write. He wrote on the ground. You wonder if he could have written... Uh, the sins of the scribes and Pharisees, or, or you wonder uh, if he could have quoted some prior scripture. But whatever, we don't know what he wrote, but he wrote on the ground, and he acted as though he couldn't hear him. He didn't respond directly to them. And in verse 7, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, He that is without sin among you let him first cast a stone at her. Fascinating. It, it, everything about the Bible is so inspiring because it's, it's a spiritual uplift. Because if a human was writing this story, nothing that we've said would have gone this way. If Hollywood was writing a movie, if some author was writing a novel, uh, this is this is it just grabs you as spiritual every word of this and who is it that's without sin and who's going to stand up in the temple and in front of the scribes and pharisees who's going to stand up to jesus and say i'm without sin i'm casting the first stone and you know it's there, there weren't that many people that were stoned to death in the bible and, you know, although it was a theoretical law in Moses' time, you really don't think that uh, there were that many 
women that were stoned to death for adultery. Um, so it seems like an unnatural, unspiritual scenario as, as we're going through this. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. So he's writing on the ground the second time. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman was standing there in the midst. It's, um, it's an interesting thing about the, the eldest. They went out one by one and the eldest was the first to go. The, you wonder about that. You figure maybe the elders may have had more authority with the scribes and Pharisees and perhaps the elders were the big accusers and so the bigger accusers may have departed first. That's one way to think about it. Um, as an as an 81 year old, the way I think about the eldest is that people who have been around a while have had more time to get in trouble. <laughs> it's you don't get more innocent as your life unfolds. <laughs> the, and uh, I'm figuring if. if that maybe 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 the eldest really ran for the door. Didn't they, they didn't walk for the door? They're running for the door, um, but and and they leave the woman just standing there. And Jesus lifts himself up, which says he's been down, and he's he's standing up. And he saw none but the woman. He said to her, "Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee?" And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Again, how much every word counts here. Jesus didn't say it was okay. He didn't say adultery was okay. Didn't, 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 didn't make light of it. Didn't, didn't go there. What, what he's doing is offering her a future. He, he, is, he is stepping into her future and giving her forgiveness and, and life everlasting as she accepts and believes. And, and that is so profound, such a wonderful lesson that we can all look to our future and face our future uh, with, with a life of forgiveness. And it, it really doesn't make any difference to go backward, and it's not helpful to go backward. Depression is carrying our stuff from yesterday, and anxiety is facing our stuff of tomorrow. And we can leave every bit of that by living today and accepting the forgiveness. And um, the, these scribes and Pharisees that accused this woman, that was kind of the ultimate of the word judgment and who are we to judge and who were they to judge and how do you not only pass judgment but consent condemn someone to the possibility of stoning and um, you know it's it's this is major judgment but how easily we can judge others in small ways um, Who's getting on the elevator first? Who's uh, opening the car door? Who's opening the 
the, the door of Walmart or whatever it is, wherever we are. How, are. how are we looking at people? How are we smiling? Are we better than them? We're, we're kind of judgmental in small ways as to uh, who our neighbor is and what we're willing to do for them and what we see as our role. Um, and um, th this, this lesson is a great lesson of leaving the past behind, not carrying judgment into the future, forgiveness leading to eternal life. Um, and so uh, uh, Jesus tells her, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. And that's, again, every word being important, he's saying sin no more. He's not letting it off the hook. He's, he's identifying sin, and he's saying sin no more as, as her future. And um, it, um, it, it gives her that forgiveness of sin and uh, takes her forward into the future. In verse 12, then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And last uh, week we talked about the, the several I am's in the Gospel of John. Um, and we're, we're going to uh, briefly talk about um, some of the I am's again as we go forward. I am the light of the world. I am sent by my Father. Uh, you shall die in your sins. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Jesus' words. We're going we're gonna to get to it. Um, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall, shall set you free. If a man keeps saying, uh, uh, if the man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. Again, a repetitive promise of life everlasting. And then uh, down at the end of the chapter, we, we get to uh, uh, before Abraham was I am, another I am. Um, so we're, we're working uh, forward. Um, let's go to verse 17 of chapter 8. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me bear witness of me. So Jesus is saying, the Father and he the Son are the witnesses. The scribes and the Pharisees uh, take exception. Uh, in 19, they say, where is thy Father? Jesus answered, you neither know me nor my Father. If you had known me, you should have known my father. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Then Jesus said again, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins, whether I go, ye cannot come. A repetitive prediction of life eternal being a possibility and those living in sin uh, not uh, achieving that. Then said the Jews, 
is he going to kill himself? Uh, because he saith, whither I go, you cannot come. The, to the Jews, suicide was a really bad thing. Uh, some sects of the Jewish faith had layers of hell, and the lowest layer of hell was reserved for those who killed themselves. Uh, uh, so they're, they're leaning in the direction of, is this what he's talking about? Uh, whether he goes and we cannot come, is he going to kill himself? And it, Jesus repeatedly, over and over, through John's words, conveying to us Jesus' words, tells us who Jesus is, where he came from, where is he going, what's he here for? And he explains further in verse 23, he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. He is explaining the spiritual nature of his life. He's, 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 he's explaining a spiritual life, uh, a spiritual purpose. And he's telling the scribes and Pharisees that they don't understand. I said, therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, then ye will die in your sins. The unbelievers will die in their sins. And they said unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. He's again repeating himself. He's re re-explaining. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Again, the teaching from the Father, Jesus is saying that he is here to deliver the message that he has been given to bring to the world. They understand not that he speaks to them of the Father, then Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing by myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things which please Him. Explaining who He is, why He's here, what his authority is. In verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So one of the questions that we're often asked is, Who is a disciple? Well, that makes it plain. Those continuing in the word, continuing to follow, those are the disciples. Um... And this beautiful verse that we've all memorized as children, verse 32, which we all love, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How strong that is. What a gift. You know, in the world we live in, truth is hard to find. Uh, it becomes harder to find every day. You know, uh, uh, I grew up 
a little kid trusting the government. And then President Eisenhower said, oh, that guy that the Russians shot down from Pound, Virginia, that Francis Gary Pierce, Pierce, uh, Pierce guy, Powers, Francis Gary Powers. President Eisenhower said, we don't know him. He's not an American. He's not one of us. We believed in our government. We believed in the President of the United States. Um, and I'm not getting political here, but a whole lot of our boys died over in Vietnam because we had leaders that didn't really tell us the real truth about what was going on in the world. And I just use those remote examples to not get political at all. I'm not a political person. When you work in church and healthcare and family, you have to, you have to work it um, at, at a neutral level. But, 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 I, but I'm, I'm just using that as an example of how it's been now many years ago that we did have uh, leaders who didn't exactly uh, tell us the truth. Um, and, and how wonderful it is that it is the truth that makes us free. My wife, Liz, several of y'all know her, and she's got a saying. She says, nothing changes till somebody tells the truth. That's one of her things. Somebody's got a, one person can tell the truth and things can change. But if nobody's telling the truth, nothing can change. I, I like that. Um, the um, such beautiful language and that and the reason I'm reading from the King James Version is because of the beautiful language that uh, is quoted from Jesus directly by John. The truth shall make you free. And they answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How saith thou, you shall be made free? Well, the scribes and Pharisees are already telling an untruth right there because they, they, they've been held in bondage. That's what Exodus is all about. Um, the um, uh, the um, But Jesus is saying that we're a, a bondage, a slave to sin, and they're missing his point. They're thinking of an earthly uh chains and handcuffs bondage. And in verse 34, Jesus answers, Verily, verily I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Well, we understand that. If you name anything that you consider to be a sin, we, we have a tendency to do it again. We have a tendency to use the same excuse. The excuse that we gave ourselves yesterday, we can give ourselves the same excuse today. Uh, it's, and so we become a servant. That's a, it's a, an important analogy here that, that sin takes over our, our life. When we, when we uh, look at how many hours a day we think about Bible and Jesus and good thoughts and how many hours a day we might spend with our mind wandering, uh, we, we can see that our, our minds and our physical bodies can be committed to sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, 
you shall be free indeed. In verse 37, I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. And they say, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham, but you seek to kill me. Again, we're unfolding the scripture here of what's where Jesus is, and we're getting a, a little preview of coming attractions. We're getting, we're getting a preview of what's going to happen. In verse 42, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? I love the words in verse 47. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. The, it's reminiscent of my sheep hear my voice. They know me. The, one of the things about us being at Shades of Grace and talking with each other is we, we can hear each other down here at Shades of Grace. I can, I can be other places and People have no idea what planet I'm on. I'll be, you know, I'll be talking, and it's like they just don't have a clue. Uh, the uh, talk about uh, uh, needs, things that people need. Uh, here at Shades of Grace, those needs can be erased quite often. It's it, it's it's amazing what percentage of prayers are answered right here at Shades of Grace. And uh, they're all answered in one way or another, but they're answered with a yes quite often uh, here. Uh, so, many, so many ways that we hear our Heavenly Father speaking with us. We hear each other when we speak about the needs of those around us. We hear at Shades of Grace. We say, my neighbor is the one who needs me. We say, if something needs done, it shades of grace, and we're the ones that are here, it, we're supposed to do it. It's a call. We hear the words in verse 47. 48, then answered the Jews and said unto him, say we not, well, thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil. Boy, how ugly can you be? They're, they're accusing him of being a Samaritan and a devil. The, we, the, the, the Bible translators probably 
may have translated loosely because nobody really, even, even the Jews probably didn't think that Jesus was from Samaria. But what it was, was a Samaritan was kind of a cuss word, really. It was sort of a low blow. And it, it's, the, the, the word is translated in several different ways as a low blow. But it's, it's, a, it's a definite uh, intent to uh, use a harmful and harsh and ugly word. And then uh, calling him a devil is a step lower. Uh, hast thou a devil? In verse 49, Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Again, promise of everlasting life. Repetitive promise. When if you're a casual reader of the Bible, you, you don't get down to the real message. And as we read the Bible and we get deeper, the deep dive, the message of the promise of eternal life is repeated over and over and over. And Jesus brought us the promise of eternal life. We shall never see death. And the Jews said unto him, Now we know thou hast a devil. So they're still accusing him of having a devil. Abraham is dead, the prophets. And thou saith, If a man keep my saying, he shall never have the taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets which are dead? And thou makest thou thyself. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. Ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep saying, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. In interpreting that scripture, what, what, what Jesus is saying is that Abraham saw the Father, not that, not that Abraham saw Jesus as a living, walking person. Abraham uh, knew the Father, and that's the reference Jesus is making. And then the Jews said unto him, Thou art not fifty years old, and thou hast... Uh, not seen Abraham. And um, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. And what, what he's saying again is the Father was here before Abraham. That's, that's his message. It's not that he was physically present before Abraham. So as we... Um, look at this scripture it some some of the commentators kind of question the woman in adultery and how does that fit but to me it fits perfectly because we just uh, previously in chapter 7 uh, heard that uh, Nicodemus was saying 
does the law judge any man without hearing him? And so then we go right into the, the, the woman and her uh, interaction with Jesus. And again, Jesus is telling us who he is, why he came, why he's here. Um, and um, and he's, he's telling us that the promise of eternal life. And he's telling us that if we uh, 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 try to hear one another in a spirit of, of our Heavenly Father, that we can hear one another and communicate, we can hear each other uh, and we can communicate our needs. The um, perhaps one of the greatest uh, parts of chapter eight is how we can set an example and how how our words um, can can be an example for others. The we can be judgmental with every look of the eye. There, there are some folks that have a facial expression that could just be judgmental before they ever part their lips. And um, it's, it's interesting how some people can be loving in their expression. Uh, they can be accepting. They can be non-judgmental. Um, it's, um, it's fun how God can use people in a good way. Uh, when I saw Dolly Parton out at the Grace Station Fairground, she didn't have enough clothes on to wad a double barrel shotgun. But, but she's a, a, a force of goodness in the world. She's sent 300 million books to children to teach them to read. And she's kind of weird and to me, her message is you can be kind of weird and do good. You, you, can, you, can, you, you can accept everybody. Yeah? 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 We all don't need to be in one package. We all need to be ourselves and be people. That's what we've got to judge. And I like that. So Brenda's saying we can be ourselves and we can be different. And that can be a good thing. And um, so I'm hoping that as we go into Thanksgiving tomorrow, that we will not be judgmental in any way whatsoever, that we will be loving and kind. And you know, the, the struggle that I have is, is being judgmental with my own family. I can run into people on the street and not dwell on them very long, but boy, the kids or the grandkids or the, the wife or whatever, I can, yeah, it's closer, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it gets close to home. You, you start wanting to say more than you should. Uh, he, uh, you can get a real small piece of turkey at Thanksgiving when you're uh, out of line. But uh, uh, I'm hoping that this message will carry for all of us through Thanksgiving Thank you all for being here. I am very thankful uh, that Pastor Regina could be with us. Um, and Pastor Regina, can you do you have any words for us today? Okay.
They do. Thank you, Pastor Regina. People do care for each other, and they, they sure do love you. We all depend on you. Uh, thank you. Uh, any other concluding thoughts here on today's lesson? Let's bow for, did you have something? All right. <laughs> you know, judge not, you do not judge. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's bow for our closing word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we get together in your name here. We're so thankful for each one that you've brought to us today. We're thankful for your words from the Gospel of John. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we would learn how to be a little better tomorrow than we have been in the past. Let us learn how to not be judgmental. Let us reach out in love in your name to those who need to hear an encouraging word. Let us assume, Heavenly Father, that everyone we meet has a pain somewhere. Everyone we meet has a need somewhere. Everyone we meet needs to hear an encouraging word and uplift. Everyone needs a smile, Heavenly Father. As we go into this Thanksgiving season, we are so very thankful for Shades of Grace and the opportunity to gather here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thanksgiving.